The G-Men Podcast brings you inside our community and lets you listen in on the conversations that empower men to win in life and business. The G-Men community exists to allow men to connect through group coaching, training calls, online workshops, and location-based retreats. Join the movement at gmenworldwide.com. And then, you know, as we were just, you know, chopping it up, I said, bro, I've been there. But at some point, at some point, I call it a crossover moment. You, you, you got to. I mean, it's right there. You, she's told you to gap. All you got to do is attack it. Yeah. Or the, the telltale signs, you know, they say when a woman's fed up, mm-hmm. <laughs> it ain't nothing you can do about it. Like, for <laughs> real? Like, for real, for real? Um, and he just, he saw the writing on the wall. And as I told and shared my story, and as other brothers in the AG started sharing their stories about what we've been able to t- peel back in terms of the layers. Like, bro, there's a certain part of our marriages or relationships that are intact. Certain parts are intact. You can kind of let it go for a little bit and work on some work on the fundamentals that are the weakest. And so um, I think just from, you know, seeing where Willie was, I'm like, bro, <laughs> you know, most women are like, well, dang, I wish my husband would provide. He's doing everything else. But the provider thing might be the very thing that, you know, just just running stuff, you know, picking up, you know, picking up where, where the gaps are. So when I saw that, to me, it was just an easy translation. I'm like, look, man, just try it. And clearly he, he applied it. And, you know, I, I saw you and, and baby girl at Grindfest. Yeah. Look, we good. She, hey, she, <laughs> she let him go too far, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, he and he and we talked. He and I had talks, you know, away from the from the AG. And he was like, "Yo, okay, boom." It's, I said, "Bro, just keep working it. it you know, it, it works if you work it, and uh, and it's working." Because, like I said, she here with him now. So, come on, uh, William. What about you, Coach? Those early conversations with someone is a skeptic, and and I think what one of the things you taught me was to believe for them what they can't believe for themselves yet. So talk, talk to you us about that. you got to be so strong that they get strength, right? But I'm going to be honest, I don't remember the conversation, that initial conversation with Willie, because I was doing that with everybody. The one thing that I do, and I learned this from just growing up and being in the barbershop, my 20 years cutting and in the shop, I learned more in that 20 years than I learned way before that. It was just, just keep it 100. That's it. Just be real. Stop lying about your money. Stop lying about uh, any chicks that you done been smashing or not smashing. Um, If you can just tell the truth and be your own self, cat's gonna. And so as I started getting out here and talking to all of y'all, everybody got one common thing. Yo, Kendall just legit. He just 100. Like I'm going to do my best to keep my word and make it bond. So when Willie came, whenever a man's wife is with him, I already know what the issue is. <laughs> and the only way I know is because I was that guy in the seat. So I just, I was, I was for Willie what I know he needed, a real, not just a real man, but somebody that's gonna be real, be open. And here's the difference, because Bernard, you said it. When I start opening up the bank account, like I'm just gonna, let me just be real for a second. I knew that I couldn't start, restart G-Men broke. Mm. Let me let that breathe. Because I knew that if I'm going to sit here and talk to men, I have to be, I have to have built. I have to have some bread. Mm. And so during that time, when I was like getting my life together, I was making bread. I was learning how to stack. I was learning how to build money and build a a happy marriage, a, a successful relationship. So now when I come and talk to you, I'm not talking to you from theory. 
I'm, I'm, and when I say you can make it, Chief, you full-time now. You full-time entrepreneur now. Dana, Alf, like everybody full-time entrepreneur. When, when Kanata called me and said, yo, they let me go, I was like, congratulations. <laughs> it's a deep. But you know you can do it because you got a brother with you that do it, that, that has come through. So whenever I talk to anybody, I just keep it 100. And it's that real and authenticness that, that connects with y'all. Good. I, now, I want to say, too, I think most men, we talk to secure the bag. So we go get the bag. Like my dad, he worked at the plant 12 hours, 16 hours. So we don't see nothing else. We think all we're supposed to do is buy them what they want, make sure the house taken care of, food taken care of, kids taken care of. So life's great. Mm-hmm. We don't know nothing about the holding hands, opening the door, asking them, how are you David, baby? Or just questioning, talking to them because it's about money. So you have to come back and just be a real man and do those things, the affection, mm-hmm. hug, because mm-hmm. I never saw my dad holding my mom's hand. Now he'll kiss her when he leave the house or something like that, but the whole what they really like. And then it's about finding your wife's love language. Mm-hmm. A lot of them don't even know what love languages are. Yeah. So you thinking that money and securing the bag is that's what they want. But they want that time. Because when I was first, even Kendall wouldn't work with me. I had a million jobs. I was a full-time entrepreneur and everything and a full-time job. But Kendall was like, stop doing some of that. And in my mind, I'm like, I can't stop because if I stop doing this, if I lose that or lose this, I'm gonna lose income. Mm. My wife's like, no, cut this out, cut this out, cut that out. I listen. A lot of times we don't listen. Yeah. Wait, we I, got. Cl- I wanna um, real quick because you said something. You said you were talking about being more for our wives than just a provider, hugging, holding hands. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've learned and I'm learning on this journey is not just for the women. As men, we need a hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From other men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in in um in theory, somebody to hold your hand. Yeah. So whenever I talked to when I met Dana, I was already watching. So I learned that attention, mm-hmm. giving people somebody attention. So I dap my man up just like I would dap anybody up. I gave him a hug. I gave him some attention. Mm-hmm. With Scully, we all of us embraced Scully like he was one of our children, one of our sons. Yeah. We gave him a hug. We gave him attention. I met Kanata in 2000 and what, two eight. or three or no. eight? And it was around whenever, early 2000s. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was, we met, we talked through Mike, through yeah. somebody else. But we bonded in a different area. We gave each other a hug. Same thing with, we gave each other, with Willie a hug. So I, I just want us to really understand that everything that you need to be for your woman, you first need to be for yourself and, and your brother. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Real quick, where you start with you, Kanata? You know, Chief, you mentioned accountability groups and that allowed you and Willie to connect. And I know, Kanata, you ran an accountability group here in the G. You've been in accountability groups and we're all in a leadership accountability group with each other. Why do you think they're super important, even especially now more than ever? The attention that we get to delve into people's lives, into other brothers' lives. Because, like you said, you don't have that intimacy um, on a Monday night call because there's so many brothers, you don't have the time. Yeah. So I learned in the AGs that I was leading mm-hmm. that it would start off at one conversation and I would hear something on, some, on one of the brothers that I would follow up on. You know what I mean? So that those opportunities um, are real important. So we got to take make sure we took the time to really delve into it and say, hey, let's flesh this out. Let's see what's really going on and figure out how we can really move forward past that. 
And that was the same thing that was done for me when I was a part of um, accountability group. Same way. You know, I had certain questions about certain things and we would just really get to flesh it out and dive deep. You know, our favorite go to. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I'm hearing from that is that in the AGs and what I experienced, when you think about brothers coming from all over the world, right? Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of us have this wall of like, man, I don't know these dudes, man. All right, I'm going to see. It's kind of like how Willie mentioned. Like, I'm going to see what this is about. In that AG, if it's a smaller group of men, then now we start to slowly let our guards down and we'll share. Mm -hmm. And then when we have that moment where we get that breakthrough, now, okay, I seen that what I shared or what the next brother shared opened up a door for somebody else to get a breakthrough. So then now when we get to the bigger gatherings, the Monday night calls, the grind fest and things like that, now it's a ripple effect because you've had these individual small groups of men have breakthroughs. And now once we all get together, the synergy is there. So now you're talking about a ripple effect to where a lot of men get breakthroughs and now we leave and we go back and share those breakthroughs with the people that we interact with on a daily basis. Abraham, you? What about you? Yeah, um, I think it's important because of connection. And I think connection doesn't come out of nowhere. There has to be an intentional effort to grow and to cultivate connection. And the one thing that's common between all of us is that we all want connection. We may not be vocal about it. Yeah. Um, some of us may not even be aware that we want it or need it, but we all need it. And if we're honest with ourselves, that'll come up. So yeah. with the accountability groups, it creates the space, the safe space to now, you know, create and cultivate the connection that breathes into a relationship to where you now have someone that you can say, man, I'm going through this. Right. Or, man, I had a, a huge win. And you know that person is going to celebrate you, yeah. celebrate with you, which is something that we all need as men. Mm -hmm. um, I think another thing, so like we were sharing about um, being appreciated from our wives or things like that, we might ne not necessarily need that from our wives if we have, you know, our... our men who are in our corner saying, man, you did that, yeah, right? right? And so we can get that from from this source, from G-Men. So I think it's important, especially now with the pandemic, it's brought up a lot of challenges, mm -hmm. uh, isolation. And so connection is at, you know, a low right now. Mm -hmm. But through the ways that we have and the opportunities through G-Men, we can bring that, you know, back. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. One of the things I want all, this, all of us to do is real quick, I want you guys to start thinking about an issue you know that men face that the G-men, the brotherhood, who we are and how we practice the core four, how we live real, raw, and relentless, that to the issue, G-men is a solution for. So I want everybody thinking about an area you know. You have a brother, a, a cousin, you know, a father struggling with an area. And that, you know, man, the G can definitely help them out. So I'll start. For me, it's PTSD. You know, as a soldier returning from war, I didn't have the connection I felt that I needed. And I didn't necessarily want the military solution to it because the stories are all similar. You know, sometimes you need someone a few paces ahead of you. So I get more relief talking to a Vietnam era vet than I do get 
talking to a 9-11 vet. And then I found even more relief talking to men who didn't serve in this capacity, the same one as me, but has served in other capacities that you guys could share those stories with me and help me understand that service was enough. And as you pivot and transition to something else, put the same focus, put the same energy, and give it the same time I did in my previous life as a soldier. And I think to veterans, you know, if you're watching this and you're like on the fence, man, I don't want another group, a group therapy, a group session. That's not what we do here. I think what we do here in a different way that differentiates it from like a barbershop or maybe even some men's retreats I've been on is we're truly about training in a way that allows you to remain in control. I think sometimes people take away our control because they're like, I'm your solution. And we're men. That's like the worst thing you can say to us <laughs> because that's gonna make us dependent on you. And we want to know that you're gonna train me to do everything that I need to be doing for my life. And that's what I found here in the G and that's why I love what we do. So to veterans dealing with PTSD or any struggles like that, I wanna challenge you to consider joining G-Men. Personally, I will tell you spend the money. But if you're not convinced, I just want you to reach out to me personally and really connect over that issue. What about you, Dana? For me, it would be, um, <clears throat> you know, my biggest struggle was fatherlessness. I never met my biological father. Um, my mother was married three times and she's single again to this day. So three failed marriages, six kids, four baby daddies, fatherlessness. I'm the only one of my mother's six children that never met his father. And then when I found out the true story, he was dead. So here I am trying to figure out this journey now that I'm a father, but I don't have that compass. I don't have that North Star. So I'm forced to try to figure this out myself. I knew how to be a provider. Like both of my kids' mothers, I took care of everything. But then after being divorced, I'm like, man, I don't have that man that I can call and say, I'm dealing with this, man. I tried this. I'm doing this. So now I don't know how to step beyond that realm of being just a provider. So when I got to the G, I'm around other men that may have also struggled with that same thing. But at the same time, we're able to hold each other arm in arm, hand in hand and share our stories about how, you know, there's another brother that may not have may either not have a strong relationship with their biological father or may not have met their biological father. So by me sharing my stories of how I had to deal with that internally, and then now I'm able to, to share that with another brother. I'm able to share the stories of, of my journey with my own two sons and, and being able to now have my children. I think it's important for men that struggle with fatherlessness or even having, you got brothers like Mike Nelson, and his story with his father, right. which is a phenomenal story. Right. And when you hear that, and for all of us in this room, we walked with that, walked with him on that journey. So for me, it would be fatherlessness and being able to come together with other men and learn how to be men and go through those five stages of manhood. What about you, Chief? And then we'll have Mr. Terry go next. You know, you need to know, all of us had to be a beginner at something. <laughs> all, all of us were beginners on our jobs we were beginners in our marriage we were beginners at fa as fathers and I think most people fear beginning and maintaining um, 
but I know what I have gathered from the G and anybody who's ever trying to figure it or figure it out or work it out. I think more often than not, men have to deprogram themselves from just doing. We need to start doing to be <laughs> instead of being to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people live to work. <laughs> like our, our fathers and grandfathers and great, they live to work because that's what they knew how to do. And in, in those times, that's what, quote unquote, made you a man. You got a job? If not, can you create one? And so I think that's that's part of the cycles that we are commissioned to break. Like, OK, let's do this at this particular dig this, this designated time. But let's be like I realize that the relationships, all the relationships I have now are, are turning a corner because I'm just being. And I think getting in servant mode helps that, you know, I think be, you know, Kendall is a and Kendall has been a lot of things to all of us and to everybody in the community. But I think more than anything, he's modeled servant leadership. I don't I try not to say it in the same thing because it really means the same thing. Mm-hmm. But serving, um, I think way too often men are always measured. The measure of men have always been about what can you get? Let me let me you know, when I'm when you see men, it's like, nah, we out here getting it. It's like, nah, let, let me yeah, you can't receive the pass if your hands ain't open. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Mr. Terry? You know, I'm a firm believer you are who you rock with. But you know, in our society, there's no new friends. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much the hardest part about really rocking solid with G-Men is leaving where I came from. Because like I say, growing up, I always moved with entourages. From the clubs, to the games, to where we are. I'm with a whole group of men. But the conversation is so different within G-Men when you got an issue or when you're with your friends. Not saying nothing wrong with them, but the wise counsel that you get that the person that went through it. And that's why I say um, that was the toughest part, making that decision to rock full with G-Men. But it changed my life in so many areas because I got accountability. Now, as a grown person or a man, when you look and you're talking, we like, can nobody tell me I'm grown? Mm-hmm. But I got accountability. Mm-hmm. I can't do this because my brothers, what would they think? And it's true. Somebody's always watching, so I can't let my brothers down. So I got to stay silent and remain a true man and walk and walk. Come on. What about you, Will? Um, for, for me, I would have to say to be overall manhood, right? Um, I'm a product of Section 8 living. You know, uh, statistics back in Mississippi is 82% of the kids that grow up in Section 8 living grow up fatherless or their biological father is not there. Um, Meaning, you don't know what a man looks like. You know, not a real man, not a stage five man. Um, You know, you see drug dealers, you see all type of other things, walking to school, going into the neighborhood, and you pattern your life uh, around those things. you pattern your life around, uh, oh, he he got a big belly, he's gaining weight, he's eating good, he's making money. You know, um, he got a lot of money, he's the man in the neighborhood. Uh, but you don't get the health is wealth. You know, you don't, um, you don't get, it's not about how much money you make, it's how much you keep. You know, um, you don't get all of the jewels that you would get here around successful men. And I think that's what it did for me. Um, it it showed me how to be around men that was going to take care of their body, which is their temple. 
Um, it showed me how to look at men that's really investing. Um, it showed me how um, my coach can go buy his wife a, a Tesla and my wife won't one and we're in the process of possibly getting her one in the next year or two. You know, um, it, it's making real grown-up decisions. And from where I'm from, guys like me um, don't think these groups exist, right? right? You don't think it's a core group of people out here like us because of what we see. That's why at the age of 38, I thought it was foreign. I mean, you're talking to a guy who had a master's degree, had filled up two passports and traveled the world with a with an with a, um, international artist. And I didn't think this exists. So for a lot of the kids and the individual within those communities, I think this would be a good outlook for them, um, especially at that age, just to see successful men to see it. Because when I stepped outside of Mississippi, I didn't know this existed. You know, all I knew is you can go to college, you make $35,000, $40,000 a year, you get to the house with the white picket fence, you know, you're doing good. Um, but it's a different world out here. And I think that's what the G does. Um, it's a saying that everything you need was within the G. And so you get to see different levels of everything and how people are operating and how people are living. And the great thing is you don't feel you don't feel on the outskirts or outside of because everyone in there started where you started. So, you know, for me, it would be a call for individuals like myself who don't want to be a part of this or thinking that it's something attached to just give it a chance and come on in, man. It's, it's the best four ninety nine my wife ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell her to pay that you need to pay her back. <laughs> All right, Kanata, you know you're an entrepreneur. Um, how has being in the G helped enhance your vision for entrepreneurship? You you've already been touching communities, reaching young people, older people across the globe, but you took it to a new level. You know, ever since I've known you, so. What happened as you joined a group like this? Uh, the the various pushes. It's <laughs> like, wait, not, that's that's what you're gonna stop. That's what you're gonna do. That was real big. Um, B, when we were doing our one-on-one -on -one calls with, with 38 straight, mm -hmm. transformational. Yeah. And I told you that before, but it was during that time. The other uh, captains' calls and just even the Monday calls. You know, you get so many different pushes, and you hear the brothers doing different things. So it helped to provide. Um, organization and structure for somebody like me who thinks I know every damn thing already. So all of us. <laughs> look, there, there you go. There you go. So when you see the organization and the structure with things like the core four and understanding um, the five levels of manhood and what that really looks like and how you can actually have the proof of you moving forward with it. That's what really changed. That's what really allowed me to get more uh, centered on what I wanted to accomplish in the businesses and what I want to accomplish going forward too. Abraham, um, what about you? Like, you know, what I, what I love about our relationship, Abraham, is that you're never afraid to ask for help, but you're also not afraid to lead. You know, and I think for a lot of younger men, they're looking for a space where they can lead. And at times, you know, uh, you know, in, in my culture, which is you guys' culture, they always, you know, stop sunning me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm here. I'm not here to just be told what to do and be pushed around. I have ideas and I have energy I can produce as well. And I think you've always sh showed up from a pure place of I'm here to listen and engage, but I'm also here to produce. 
So what about the G helps you do both those things at the same time so well? Yeah, so, and I'm grateful for that because the space to do that has allowed me to recognize where it is that I'm strong. Um, I can remember when uh, Coach K invited me to the, the whole Denver trip. Uh, and that, <laughs> in addition to all the stories and everything that happened with that, the biggest thing that happened was I was able to see the humanity of all of you guys. I think I've been exposed to you guys on many different levels. And even before I um, met Coach K at, a, at an event, I was already seeing him online. And so in my mind, I'm seeing this, not even an individual, this superhuman that's doing all of these different things that there's no way this can be just a man. And when I was able to come on the trip, I was able to see the humanity. And I was able to see not only are you guys human, but you're human with your own challenges, your own, you know, weaknesses and strengths as well. Um, but you're here to lift each other up. Um, and you guys have pushed me in a position to where I have to step up. And I didn't always want to, but because the push was there, it allowed me to do it and then recognize where my strengths are. So after being told, hey, you're gonna lead this call, or hey, you're gonna lead this accountability group, and I'm like, oh shoot, what, what is this? What you mean? I'm looking at you guys, what do you mean? I'm gonna lead about the plane. So being put in those positions lets me see, oh wow, after I get the DMs after the call, or I get the, you know, the private messages afterwards saying, you've helped me do this, or you've helped me, I think that that has been able to show me um, the strengths and then walk into those strengths. And I think uh, G-Men does a great job of allowing other men to showcase their strengths and create more opportunities because that doesn't just affect G-Men, the community, but that affects where I live. That affects my family. That affects the communities that I serve outside of G-Men. Um, and I think you guys see that. And so you're willing to do whatever it takes to cultivate that, knowing that it's going to change the world. Um, and um, I think for any young man who knows that you have some value and you're not aware that there are spaces who see your value and there are men who see your value and they want to bring that out, I think the G is a great place because for a very long time, I knew that I knew that I was good at something. I knew that I, I, I had some sort of influence just growing up and how people uh, responded to me. But I didn't know what that even looked like. Um, the G said, I see your strengths. I'm going to put you in position so that you can now recognize and walk in it. So mm -hmm. I think that was huge for me. Yeah, man. Imagine. Imagine had we had the G. At what? 25, at 25? 22. What, how old was it when you yeah. first came in? You were 20, what, 22? 18? Right. Brian Nation College Connection. That, yeah. that yeah. was, um, that was 19, you know what I'm saying? 1920. Imagine. Bruh, that's a college degree Imagine. in manhood. Hell, hell, I wish I had it before 35, let alone 25. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a transformation for sure. 
So, as we wrap up, and uh, I'll start with you, Coach K, because I think, you know, it's not that I consider myself a straight shooter. I, I don't have another gear. You know, so I just, <laughs> like my brain can't do the other things. Like I can't fluff. It's, it's, to me, it's just, it's not necessary. If it's for you, it's for you. If it's not, it's not. And I've looked for this, y'all. Like, men. Like, I got brothers, and one of my brothers called. My brother was living with me, called my other brother who lives in Washington State to ask him how to talk to me. I'm like, bro, I'm down the hall. <laughs> Just come sit here and open your mouth. And he was like, I don't know how to do that. He grown, married, with kids. My, my brother, flesh and blood, same mama, same daddy. And he's like, I don't know how to talk to you. And I was like, thinking about that, I was like, okay, we're probably eight years apart. Bro, you're my brother. I went and visited my eldest brother late last year. First thing I walked in the door, he apologized to me about some tiff we had years ago. And my brother who was with me was like, Bruh, you never said nothing about it. I'm like, that's my older brother. I ain't got nothing negative to say about him. You know what I'm saying? I love him. He's my brother. But again, he didn't know how to... I, my wife made me go to his house. Because from texting him, calling him, he would just not respond. And when I went to Virginia to see my daddy, my wife called me and she said, are you going to go see your brother? I ain't even thought about it. She was like, you're going to be at that house at 7 in the morning. Mm. And I was at his house, 6.30. And we walked in the door. He's like, Bernard, I just want to apologize to you. These are my, bro my natural brothers. Mm. And they're struggling to talk to me. Mm. So what I want to ask you guys in closing and, and just jump in after Coach K goes. Because I've looked for this. Spaces where men can learn to grow in the skill set of manhood and then from manhood move to brotherhood. And I haven't found that. You have been listening to the G-Men Podcast. Like, review, and share this episode if something you heard challenged you to grow and positioned you to lead. The G-Men community exists to allow men to connect through group coaching, training calls, online workshops, and location-based retreats. Join the movement at gmenworldwide.com.